Welcome to the Tim Hill Podcast. If you have the time, you can not only listen to the episodes, but you can also watch all the shows and you'll find the links in the description below. Thank you. Welcome to Series 3 of the Tim Hill Podcast. In the last two series, I've told you about my life. I've met many interesting people along the way who have become my friends. And what they all have in common is they all have fascinating stories of their own, which they're happy to share with you now. Thank you for listening. Welcome to this episode of the Tim Hill Podcast. In this episode, I'm talking to Maya Tusi. Maya has a YouTube channel and he is the alternative media to the mainstream media. So Maya, if you can tell me when and where you were born, and if you can describe what it was like where you grew up, and the type of schools that you went to, and the education that you received. Yes, thanks for having me on the show, Tim. Uh, I was born in 1988 uh, in uh, the capital of Iran, Tehran. And uh, uh, obviously, I'm not there anymore. But um, I, uh, yeah, I grew up in an ordinary middle class family. Went to a um, kind of good school, and that, that the whole point of uh, this journey is that when I then eventually came here, uh, I compared the two systems, which I'll get into later. Uh, the difference in terms of the, the education system was quite visible. Uh, in Iran, uh, the, obviously, the, at the primary school I was primarily there, and uh, then most of the things that I learned at the time. When I came here, secondary school, and especially towards the end, year 10 and 11, I already knew everything from when I was six or seven. Uh, so I was kind of confused that, you know, people, the, the teachers were teaching um, people, kids who are like 15 and 16, the sort of things that I uh, was learning when I was a kid. Um, so, the, yeah, that, that's kind of uh, the background in terms of um, education-wise uh, in Iran and obviously being born there. So what was it actually like around the area that you lived in in Iran? Was the Shah around at the time or has the Ayatollah taken over? Yes, I was actually born. Uh, so the revolution was 1979. The Shah was uh, overthrown and uh, the Islamic Republic came into power. Uh, that, and about nine years later, I was born. That was uh, when I was born, that was literally towards the end of the, the Iran and Iraq war. Uh, so it was like the last few weeks of it. So as soon as I came to the world, both sides stopped. They're like, okay, Maya's here now. Let's stop the war. And, uh, but uh, basically what happened was, uh, so I grew up in a, in a post-revolution Iran, which uh, was very much different to what my parents experienced when they were kids, which was more secular, more liberal, you know, prosperous. Uh, and it slightly became more backwards post-revolution. And, uh, but it was still pretty much stable as a country, you know, nothing too chaotic or, too oppressive. It was still oppressive, obviously, but uh, you, you could still live your life. And uh, but then, yeah, eventually, my mother became a political refugee, came to the UK. Uh, then, after she was accepted and everything, then I came because I was under eighteen, so I was legally allowed to join her uh, as her kid. Do you know what caused her to go on that political side and why she was expelled? Yeah, it was interesting because she wasn't even political. Uh, she just got into trouble for no reason. Um, in Iran, they have this law where you have to, as a woman, uh, cover your hair. Coming from shopping one day and her headscarf went back. The police tried to arrest her. She ran away. It escalated. 
and then she eventually came here uh, and uh, yeah that's it was really weird she, she wasn't even political and that happens to a lot of people in countries like Iran where um, you just get into trouble even if you don't want to but you know you just happen to fall into it yeah so from your point of view so you were at about 10 when you came from yeah. then yeah I was about 13 13, 14 yeah so you're a fluent Farsi speaker obviously yeah I can't make a speech but uh, <laughs> I, I can you know, do a couple of you know, yeah, easy sentences yeah I can understand it properly yeah yeah, so I, was, I spent um, a six-month tour in Iraq. I travelled around quite a bit, and we got down to sort of Alamara and Umkazar, and, and you can almost see Iran from, from Iraq, which was quite bizarre. And, and I was there at the time the sailor was taken. You remember yeah. that group of sailors who were yep. um, patrolling, and, and they got captured, and they were there for several weeks, and, and that caused mm. a stir. Yeah, that was, yeah. Back in the good old days, that that used to be a scandal. Now it's getting worse with nuclear. So, what about your father? Is he still there? Yeah, he's actually yeah, he's still in Iran, and uh, uh, yeah, he's kind of stuck there. <laughs> and, uh, but he's got he's got his own business and everything, so he's uh, living his life. I'm I'm banned from going back, so um, they banned me, so I can't really go back anyway. I, I, not that I plan to go, apart from seeing my dad. There's not much there for me. So, is your dad able to travel? Would he come over and see you at all? No, he's also banned from leaving. <laughs> he used to be able, he used to visit uh, when, when I was a kid. When I first came here, uh, he used to just visit and go back. But uh, then the, the Iranian government made it difficult for him, so he can't visit anymore. Okay. So you, you came over when he was about 13. So how did you sort of kind of sell into life in the UK? And where were you at the time? Yeah, so when I first came here, my mother was based in Lewisham, South East London. So um, uh, we actually went from having a, again, ordinary middle-class family in Iran having a house to growing up on a council state in Lewisham. So that was a bit of a culture shock. Uh, here was me thinking, oh, I'm going to the UK. It's going to be like much better. And then I ended up in a council state. Uh, so that was fun. And, you know, tiny flat. I went to a comprehensive Church of England school, uh, which again, for me, was pretty easy in terms of the standard of education. Uh, well, that was uh, back in the days when Tony Blair was in charge of education. So it was shambolic. And uh, yeah, it was a bit of a culture shock. Um, there, there were, weirdly enough, um, there, there are a lot more similarities between the British and Persian culture in terms of uh, behavior, habits, you know, dry sense of humor, sarcasm, uh, that sort of stuff. So it wasn't that much of a shock. So if I, for example, if I'd gone to like Scandinavia or Germany, you know, completely different type of sense of humor, complete sense of, you know, but there are, for some reason, even though uh, there is, there are not direct links between Britain and Iran in the, in the sense that the British Empire never actually completely took over Iran, unlike other places. Mm-hmm. So you can't say that, oh, because the, the British were there. Um, but there's just some sort of uh, natural uh, connection. So it was a lot easier for me to um, adapt and become you know, British. Okay. So on, on becoming British, did you learn to speak English in Iran before you came or did you have to pick it up when you get here? Yeah. So yeah, technically speaking in Iran, they you know, they were teaching basic, basic English. But when I got here, I realized don't speak a word. So um, I had to start from scratch. Yeah, it was that was fun. But uh, the yeah, first six months was interesting. Um, but yeah, it seemed, everything seemed to be going well since then. So, well, you seem, seem to have managed to master it quite well. <laughs> yeah, that helps. No subtitles it's needed. Better than my English, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so moving on, then. So you got through school, and what was what was your first job when you left school? Yeah. So 
Uh, after school, I went to university in Manchester, studied uh, finance, economics, uh, accounting, and didn't really have a proper plan. That's why I studied finance. Um, then I realized I don't actually want to work in finance or accounting or anything like that. So, but at the university, I got involved with the political societies, the conservatives. Um, so I became more interested in politics. Uh, after university, I worked as an intern in parliament for a conservative MP. And, uh, but then since then I got into the private sector. So I worked initially, I worked as a recruiter and, uh, but before university, after school, I also worked in a pizza shop. So that was fun. I th- I'm pretty sure I cooked and ate more pizzas myself than I actually did cook for <laughs> customers. I, yeah, I, I don't know how I didn't get fired, but, uh, <laughs> ate a lot of free pizza and uh, worked as a recruiter. That was not for me at that, that job. So I yeah left immediately. And uh, then for, yeah, for a long time, I've been working in tech startup companies in as kind of business development, so it's kind of sales. So that's been my thing alongside my political activities at the time until the last couple of years, um, two, three years when I decided to start a YouTube channel. Okay. And how did you go about that? I mean, this is, this is what I really want to get into. The reasoning behind you getting into the YouTube going to start with and how you managed to grow yourself to where you are now with, I don't know, well over a million viewers. <laughs> Billions and billions in the words of Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> no, that was a, yeah, that was kind of accidental. Uh, I, um, again, back in, I think it was 2017, 18, when uh, the Iranian government decided to ban me um, when I discovered uh, for some reason, I, I went on Facebook and made a video about it. Just looking at the camera, my webcam, made a random video ranting about that. That went slightly viral. And all my friends said, oh, you're pretty good. Make more videos. So I started making random videos about politics, just more ideologies, capitalism, socialism, things like that. And that was just a hobby. And then 2018, Theresa May failed to deliver Brexit. The mainstream media were frustrating Everyone was angry. So I decided to continue my work on YouTube and took a risk. I left my job and decided to focus on doing this because I realized a lot of people want to get their news, but they can't really trust the mainstream media and they're frustrated with the political class. Uh, so I created the channel, tried to you know, get the news out there in a simple way, direct and uh, also make it easier for people to understand the, the weird political jargon, especially around Brexit. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a firm believer in Brexit myself. I voted for Brexit. Been there all the way along. I've pretty much voted Conservative most of my life. I would have voted the Brexit Party for the European elections. Round here, we're fairly lucky. We've got Caroline Dynage. I've often emailed her about different subjects, and she generally comes back within a few days. I know she's very busy. And she's agreed to come on the podcast when she, her workload eases off slightly. She's really busy at the moment. So growing your channel then, how have you progressed that to, to get it to the, the slick, polished product that we see on a daily basis at 5.45 and then times again at 8 o'clock? Yeah, there were a lot of changes from the beginning. And when I look back, there's some of them were like, why why was I doing that? Uh, the videos were yeah, initially were two, three minutes just on a topic, which was still good. Um, I, I, there are still people who do that. A friend of mine, Andre Walker, has a YouTube channel who does like three, four minutes just yeah. on a topic. Um, that's how I started as well. But then my entire of editing and what I discovered was 
what mattered more was uh, keeping people up to date. And uh, so I decided to just, it just happened that automatically became a daily show. So if the videos have a title and a thumbnail, you know, this is going to be about the SMP. But when you watch it throughout the whole video, then I'll also touch on, touch upon a kind of different topics as well. Like, you know, oh, today also on Brexit, this happened or anything else in Dover. Um, so it technically is, yeah, is a, is a short version of, the, the news because people who, if, if you watch Sky News for example um, it's a 24 hour rolling kind of news uh, if you watch for an, about half an hour you've got it because the next half an hour they just repeat the same thing they, the next hour repeat the same thing the exact same lines the exact same correspondence saying the same thing so uh, there's no point you know you, yeah. if you could just manage to produce something for about you know 15 minutes or over something you know, half an hour people will still get their news. You don't have to keep repeating the same thing. <laughs> um, and the fact that people now with technology, whether, you know, podcasts like yourself now, YouTube channels, uh, Netflix, people can watch or listen to something whenever they want. Uh, so they don't have to be like, oh, I actually have to watch this at this time. I'll, I'll do it later on. It's, it's recorded, it's saved. And that's the beauty of YouTube. Yeah, I mean, I get most of my news. In fact, I get all of my news nowadays from YouTube, subscribed into Michael Heaver, yeah. Andre Walker, Jeff Taylor, uh, mm-hmm. and a whole host of others. Um, yeah. So that's that's where I get most of my news from. Occasionally, I'll watch something that's on YouTube from Sky News or... I've gone in for the defund the BBC. I don't pay the licence fee. I don't watch any live TV at all. We don't even have an aerial plugged in in the house, so we can't. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I have to watch the mainstream media so that I could report. <laughs> so otherwise, I wouldn't have done it either. <laughs> I, I can only feel for you on that one. <laughs> yeah. So coming on to a little bit more technical, looking at it, what do you use? What's your what's your editing software that you use? What's the cameras that you use? What's the the mics that you use? Yep. You get the quality of the product that you're pushing out on a daily basis? That's been the biggest challenge throughout this whole journey from the beginning. There have been a lot of changes in terms of, especially the audio. I've had a lot of issues with audio. Uh, I've changed probably 52 mics uh, throughout the last couple of years. Some of them are so bad, the subscribers are complaining, saying, well, I can't hear you, or you're too loud, you're too quiet. I finally managed to get a good one recently, so this is actually pretty good. Uh, but uh, in terms of the camera, so right now, obviously, this is actually my webcam, so this is not the right quality. But people get surprised when they find out that I actually use an iPhone uh, to, to film my videos because the quality on, on iPhones these days is so good. It's just yeah. 4K. You don't actually need a camera. Uh, and it actually helps me because if I go to a protest to report or something outside, I just carry it in my pocket. So um, video-wise, yeah, the iPhone uh, and audio actually is a good, good mic now. Uh, Editing-wise, oh uh, that's I forgot the name actually. It's uh, yeah, sure. Uh, uh, MB7 or whatever you call it. I can find the label later, but it's, yeah, it's not visible on the thing actually. It's underneath the, the right. Yeah, it's something something uh, obvious. It's something famous. I forgot the name. <laughs> um, there's, there's a couple of famous ones. There's the the Rode Podcast Pro, Shura SM7, which is probably the, the top one that most people use. Yeah, I've got a Suntronic Podmaster Pro myself, and I think it's doing the job for me at the moment. Okay. Yeah, it's not too bad. And it's it, the biggest thing is if you get the the, the, the microphone right, uh, camera wise, as long as you know it's visible, that that's fine. And yeah. uh, the rest of it is you know how you record things. And you know again, I've changed 
many times the way I've been editing and posting the videos. I for a long time actually I was using um, my um, iPad to edit. Um, there's there's an app on this Lima Fusion, which is actually it's definitely more advanced than iMovie and uh, or Movie Maker on a uh, Microsoft. And uh, so that's been that's quite good. But then obviously recently I've moved on to different different type of softwares. I think it's good for like live streaming, so like you know Streamlabs, OBS, Ecamm, that sort of stuff. So they help me with everything else now. So, so you signed up to a, a particular OBS to to do most of your work on? Yep, yep. So, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's quite vast actually since I started using it. Um, there's a lot of things on it that you can use but most of it is great for if you're a gamer on youtube gaming channels i'm looking at changing over to so i've been using squadcast which has been slightly problematic with, with some of the audio that i've been building i've also been looking at riverside fm because that does video at the same time as audio and it uploads at each end so it should get much better quality yes yeah, tested yeah see how it goes yep well, my podcasts are going quite well. I've I've had over three thousand downloads since I started. Forty one mm-hmm. episodes go out, and that's and it's been listed across the world. So that's pretty good. Yeah, good so progress. It's it's growing and and delivering people like yourself. I've had yep. some some really good people on just recently. Yeah. It takes time because um, it, with my YouTube channel for the first couple of months, I think, or a few months, I was getting like 500 views, 600 views. <laughs> I wasn't even getting close to 1,000. I was like, what is happening? <laughs> but it takes time. Yeah, so Rome wasn't built in a day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or the European Union. Right? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, the European Union was like 50 years in the making. and it's... <laughs> Now it's going down. <laughs> it's crumbling. So... Where do you think you're going now with this in the next few years? Yeah, so, I mean, um, especially over the last few months, uh, we've uh, on the channel, we've uh, come up with the slogan, we are the media. So uh, it will be too awkward to just abandon it. So we are we're going to have to keep going now because we are the media. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think there is definitely a gap in the market for alternative media, uh, new media. So um, we're growing it and we have a, a membership uh, section of the channel where members who sign up like yourself uh, who uh, can, can actually help us uh, create even a bigger community so i'm actually introducing a new feature a discord page a channel where people can actually get involved it's like a you know big group yeah. chat been on discord um i don't know if you heard of him gerald parshman he's an mm-hmm. australian he's he's he does some really funny stuff oh right okay <laughs> really funny yeah, stuff. No, no, Discord is good. It's it's, it's quite um, useful uh, to keep everyone up to date and you know create the community. So we're doing that. Um, there will be a channel for it for everyone, all the subscribers, open to public, and there will be another one closed to the members. It's exclusive, mm-hmm. uh, so we can actually share ideas there and you know communicate directly with everyone. So yeah, it'll be quite, quite good. We're just growing the whole channel. So and so you brought Lacey on board. Yeah, exactly. The Lacey uh, as my producer, she's been yeah helping me. Uh, with everything especially the recent live streams that we've been doing we've completely ramped up the whole thing so we have a new format and uh, she actually comes on the show with me to do it so that's yeah it's brilliant yeah, I, was, I was on on saturday night <laughs> yeah. yeah i think i think she um picked up a couple of your questions <laughs> yeah she did i like it i like anna mention <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much maya i think we're about finished for now it's been fascinating again no, thanks for having me. It was uh, it's great to uh, be on the show.
just for getting getting to know you a little bit better. And I hope when the podcast goes out, yep. people are, are tuning in and listen to it and that yep. they'll from, get to know you a bit better and know where you're from. Absolutely. And I'll definitely do a shout out on the channel as well so that more people can actually go and listen. Well, I hope you found that as interesting as I did. I think you'll find that my Tusi is a fascinating character. If you'd like to become a member of his channel, it's myatusi forward slash join. He broadcasts uh, an episode out every day at 5.45 and then another one at 8 o'clock. He also has a live stream on a Saturday night and that's great fun to join in with that, with the chat. And like he said, he's getting a Discord channel up and running fairly soon. So we're just waiting with bated breath for that one. He does a, a Zoom call with members on a Wednesday. So if you want to become a member and join in that chat, then you'll have to sign up. So in the meantime, thank you for listening. I hope you found it fascinating as well and enjoyed it. If you did, please share it with your friends. If your podcast app allows, please put a review and rate it, as this would help me massively. Thank you for listening. Welcome to the Tim Hill Podcast. If you have the time, you can not only listen to the episodes, but you can also watch all the shows and you'll find the links in the description below. Thank you.